Hello, everybody. Hello. I'm going to go back to my NPR intro. And welcome to the Mondo Solution, your podcast for all things marketing. Just kidding, everybody. That's not the way I talk at all. This is Brandon from the Mondo Solution. That right there is Mr. J to the back D, Jordan McDonald. How are you, sir? It's me. Fantabular. Another week of rain, but I could not have drier eyes. So we've moved to Seattle, everyone. I'm just kidding. We are not in Seattle. It has just been rain. Apparently, monsoon season in Colorado came in June this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a little damp, but that's okay. We like the rain. It refills the aquifers, makes for lots of mushroom foraging for me, which I'm really, really enjoying. So how are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. You know, my sister's house actually flooded. uh, So we were bailing water out. This was a couple weeks ago now with all this flooding, but less fun for her. Very not so fun. <laughs> she yeah. might have mushrooms too in her house. <laughs> in the walls. Yeah. <laughs> the walls. Good thing they don't really kill anything. They eat dead stuff though, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, Mycelium, so, let's go. That's right. So uh, guys, today is uh, episode 22 of the Mondo Solution Podcast. Today we're going to talk about something that's going to be a little bit rambling. So the first thing that I would suggest that everybody do, de- nay, demand that everybody beg, plead request that everybody do is subscribe to this podcast either on your podcast feeder which is the apple podcast spotify uh, stitcher overcast yeah amazon all those podcast feeders readers um and if you're watching it on youtube please subscribe like share and click that little notification bell which is one of these sides over here so that you see every time that we upload well that we publish a new episode. So please do that. Share it with your friends. And we want to hear from you. You can write podcast at trymondo.com. We would love to hear from you guys on previous episodes. And one of these days we will have a mailbag. We get so much mail, it's really difficult to sit through it all. <laughs> so um, on today's episode, here's the thing that, again, kind of random, uh, but I'd like to talk about. And, and it's and it's the messaging in the, the lens through which marketing flows from a messaging perspective and i know that's kind of abstract so i'll I'll define it and then we'll kind of dive into it uh a lot of times whether it's i mean quite frankly whether it's marketers talking about marketing to people not in marketing um or or it's a it's a restaurant talking to people about their food what i think that we tend to do much of the time is we tend to talk to speak to that customer from our own perspective um in marketing like it's very easy. I've gotten super amped up. I'm like, oh my god, this algorithm change means this and this, and people are like, could not give a crap. <laughs> but what's interesting though is it's you have to market from the perspective of why that person. What is their lens? Why should they care? Tell me why I should care, or excuse me, tell that person why they should care from their perspective, not just from yours. And the challenge with that is that you first have to ask enough questions to to glean what their perspective is. And I feel like that this is more on the creative side of marketing for a large degree um, because you you have to understand who your your client or your prospective client truly is. Does that, does that make sense, Jordan? Absolutely. Uh, it is so easy, as you mentioned, to get caught up in algorithms or some shiny new object, some shiny new tool, something that's really 
revolutionary as opposed to evolutionary yes. that's coming out in the space uh you know things that are at our disposal as new wrenches and screwdrivers come along in our parlance and it can be easy to get caught up in the nuance of in in the weeds in yes. the weeds uh and instead of keeping it simple uh and and doing our best to dumb it down which isn't exactly the phrase i'm looking for but it can be easy to ride on this this cloud nine, which is an, which is another terrible analogy, but can be easy to just sail over the top of yes. people's heads uh, with nomenclature and, and words that are just like, I really don't care. What does it do for me right. as the individual, as the organization? That's what we need to be focusing on. Yeah. And so even if you're selling something as simple as like McDonald's, right? I mean, they 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 thrive on their whole I'm loving it campaign and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. They're playing on kind of a, a almost a nostalgic aspect. That's where that's going, I think, anyway. But if if you're there and you're trying to sell that to somebody who's a more healthy eater, let's say, the McDonald's, you have to meet that person where they are and speak to them about their language and why they should, why they should care. Because quite frankly, a, a lot of marketing speak gets out. And I, I look, I'm saying this, on behalf of Mondo, like Jordan and I are on the Mondo solution, right? So we're sitting here, we're going, uh, marketing speak. Well, there's there's a place for marketing speak. It surely is because if you've got f uh, this feature dump of things that marketing can do and what have you and how you're going to speak about this person, there's, there's infinite people who are going to be able to look at some statistic that you talked about, about click-through on contextual retargeting and Facebook ads that people, there's going to be like three people on the planet that are going to care about that. Now they're going to be the right people that are going to care, that are going to care about that, but it's the other people you're leaving much on the table because you're like, I want to stand behind what we do here. But I feel like that's really one of those things where there needs to be a lot of study. So one of the things that Mondo does um, when building a new website, for instance, um, is called a searcher's intent, searcher's intent, meeting a sim mapping searchers intent mapping, intent mapping. Sim, yes. so it's taking and saying okay well here's the website here's the company and then assigning personas to different people let's say there's six different people from mondo on this one particular searchers intent mapping meeting and jordan is like i don't know a 30 year old mom who works in tech <laughs> whatever you know so you you kind of assign these personas and then you go okay well based on these personas when for instance what are some keywords that you might be looking for? What are some keywords that you definitely wouldn't be looking for? Which is a much trickier question to kind of suss out a negative in your head. And then when would you, when would you search for that? Like what time of day, what day of the week, what season, right? And I think that all of those things go into that larger conversation, but quite frankly, not a lot of people do that sort of exercise, you know? Absolutely. And this brings up my next point, which is the visualization of information, visualization of data, because after uh, we conduct a given searcher's intent mapping for a client, uh, I put together or we put together like an overview video mm -hmm. of some of the key takeaways. And that helps it that helps the end client see hey this is the process that we work through as marketers as a marketing team. These are the perspectives that we are bringing to the situation, each of the six of us or however many happen to be in that meeting, we each bring 
a different context to the table. Mm-hmm. We all have our different, uh, not always rose tinted glasses that, <laughs> that we bring in, but of course, always rose tinted. Always. The future's always optimistic <laughs> and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, just not in Colorado. That's right. Uh, but visualization. So if we can congeal all of this information uh, over the hour that we spend conducting this meeting and synthesize it into a digestible visually digestible uh format in you know a quick five ten minutes that's so much more accessible for the client than it would be to just spit out report after report with all these really yeah tricky words that all these synonyms and uh, yeah it, it's much better so within within some of that uh let's take let's take kind of an example. So this is, I guess, kind of like a thought exercise. So, you know, here and there, we've talked a lot about roofing because SMBs, so small to medium businesses, especially in the trades, is one of those areas where Mondo really excels because there there's more needs based. When I've had those marketing conversations with people, it's because they're, they are businesses that people need. So we, and here in Colorado, up until about 2019, really got consistent hail every summer, uh, maybe 2020, uh, but really good, bad, depending on your perspective, hail. And what hail would do is it would dent cars and blow out windshields and ruin roofs all the time. So roofers would flock to Colorado because apart from McKinney, Texas, which two years ago had the highest per, the most amount of per capita of insurance claims in the country, Colorado was like third behind them. So it was a very lucrative uh, business and not as densely populated um, statewide as Texas is in the DFW area there. So, um, the, the challenge then becomes this. So, uh, are you roofing company? You're selling this new shingle and this is actually a shingle that exists. If I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like a self healing material, whatever sort of polymer, it just can kind of seal back together, last longer impact resistant. So class four shingle, all this stuff. Well, When you're talking about that and you're talking to a consumer, a homeowner, homeowner Jordan, are you saying, hey, Jordan, you should want this shingle because of X, Y, and Z, because it does this, it's self-healing, it looks nice, it's got, it's class four resistant, all this stuff, impact resistant, all this, this sort of thing. Are you selling those features to Jordan or are you selling those features to the roofing company that's going to put them on or... Are you selling that to a, a third party, which is an insurance agent or insurance brokerage or what insurance people? Um, it's my contention that you're likely, you may be selling that to the homeowner, but let's break it down for a second. If you're a homeowner, you, you may care about those things, but you also probably know that a roof here in Colorado or wherever a roof is getting replaced, if it's damaged enough to be replaced, it's on the insurance company. The insurance company is going to replace it and then somebody's going to warranty it and you're not paying for it. You may have to pay a deductible, which sure is not always cheap, but you're really not paying much out of pocket. So there's that. Um, Do you care how the shingles hold up? Because if it's damaged, even if it's damaged on an impact resistant shingle, it's not, it's going to be damaged enough that they're probably going to have to replace it. So, who are you really selling that to? Because the homeowner likely wants somebody that's good and fast and good customer service and polite and picks up after all, you know, all those things. So 
who are you really selling to? It's my contention that in that particular instance, it would be the insurance guy, right? It's it's because they don't want to have to come out of pocket so much. They'd rather play, pay a little bit more now than more later when inflation kind of continues to run away. So I think that considering your audience from that sort of perspective is going to determine how that messaging is. So if you go on Facebook and you're like, look at this new shingle, it's class four, impact resistant, self-healing and all this who are you talking to? Are you talking to the right person? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It, yeah. It's It really ties back in, again, as we talk about so frequently, target audience. And yes. it's, it's the question of, uh, first of all, there are many industries and companies that believe, rightfully or wrongfully, that they are targeting the correct audience. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, they've been throwing X number of dollars of ad spend, pay-per-click ad spend, whether that's on Facebook or Google Ads or Nextdoor, and they've seen traction, right? They're, they're getting results. Uh, but typically, it can be the case where, and maybe not typically, but uh, every once in a while, there's an instance where, you know, hey, I know this has been working for you, but is this really, are you really getting the results that, that, that you want to be getting? And of course, the answer when you ask, are you making enough money? No, no, no. You, you, there's always <laughs> more money to be made, right? Uh, so exactly. I, I think part of the value of having a marketing agency and, and hiring one and working with them, because it's definitely a two-way street uh, to get the most out of it, is to re-question or question some of the prior decisions that you've made in terms of your ad spend. This is this is the time to reassess, hey, yeah, we've been getting traction selling these really amazing shingles on Facebook, well, not selling them, but advertising this technology yeah. on Facebook. But perhaps, as you're saying, this isn't this isn't the right medium. This isn't the right audience. I mean, maybe there are, of course, there's going to be uh, individuals who are involved with insurance companies or roofing companies that are on Facebook inevitably, yep. right? But that yep. says their kind of professional aspect. And so often many people are using Facebook on a personal level. Mm -hmm. So they may not they may not be looking there um, and say, hey, wait, we should be selling this shingle in our roofing company. They're, you know, they're perusing. So there's always a finite amount of ad dollars, right? Yes. <laughs> we live in a world where there are there are limits to what you can spend uh, and who you can reach and your competition, how much are they spending? Right. Uh, so it's that makes it absolutely critical to, if you have the opportunity, reassess, say, hey, you know, maybe we can get more bang for our buck, more return on our investment if we use a different platform or if we target a different audience. Uh, and the only way to know that if it's going to work is to experiment, ultimately. You can make predictions till your face turns blue, uh, but... The proof is in the pudding, in my experience. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I would say, though, that one of the things that a company can do over time. So in sales, one of the things that you should be doing from the beginning is to help to figure out what the buyer roles are. And you should use what's called a power map and all this kind of stuff. But if you help determine what those buyer roles are, it's going to be very, very much different because they're going to have different motivations, right? A C-suite is probably going to care. They're going to have very high authority on kind of an influence versus authority matrix. They're going to have high authority, probably low influence, or depending on how involved they are, depending on the size of the company and so on and so forth. What you really want to do is somebody with high authority, high influence. And if you could do a small business, 
uh, most small businesses, that's not really going to be much of a difference because the CEO is probably like the CEO and bookkeeper and chief bottle washer and all these things, right? But when you are selling to like a homeowner, if it's in B2C sales, right? So B2C marketing, you're, you're marketing to a family. And if it's in the roofing space, let's say that you're marketing in a particular area, you know, the demographic breakdown is going to be 78% nuclear families. Then you want to make sure you've got a mom and you got a dad that who sees those marketing things, they're going to have different motivations. The dad is probably going to care. I, this is Brandon's speculation, so please no one take any offense to this. But the dad is going to be like, what is the most durable thing, the coolest thing that's going to have the most kind of features that are going to benefit my roof? He And he might actually like, if I saw a self-healing shingle, I'd be like, ooh, look at that. Where the wife in this situation of the 78% of nuclear families in this one zip code, let's say, the wife is going to care much more about budget and safety, probably, right? So who who are you talking to? So when you are, let's say, we'll take Facebook, for instance, like you said a second ago, Jordan, you're, you're marketing on Facebook and you go, well, you're going to have an ad over here that's going to be very feature rich. And it's going to say, this is the best value, but you also get all these things impact resistant. It's class four. When hail does come in, when you set off a bottle rocket and it lands on your roof, it explodes, you dumbass after you had a few beers. Uh, this will hold up to that. The mom over here is going, A, what will help me from having my husband not set off bottle rockets, drink too much beer and light them <laughs> on the top of my house? B, what is it going to cost? C, how is it safer for my kids? So when you're putting up a display ad, for instance, or a video ad or whatever type of ad, paid advertising, or even organic, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter. But on ads, you can target sex, right? So you go, this one's going to be targeted for women, this one's going to be targeted for men. Those are the sort of things where you have to consider not just your buyer, because I think when we're thinking about homeowners, it's like just a few people, but they're buying a technical buyer, economic buyer, right? So who are these people? Who are you talking to? And then if it's if you have the capability of, uh, what would I say, catering your advertising to a specific individual, do it, but then make sure your ad set is built out relative to the audience that it's intended for. Because otherwise, you're the guy, I mean, the guy might, I'm not saying guys don't, they're going to care. They're not going to care as much about what it costs if it's good and it's cool. And you can sit there and say to your buddies, that's a self-healing roof. Let's set a firework <laughs> off on it and watch it heal itself. That's going to matter more. You know, I know that's a weird example, but we don't consider buyer roles enough. We might consider in a sales process, the buyer role. And then if you get into like the challenger sale or the challenger customer over here, you might have to worry about the person behind the scenes that you didn't talk to. So that's why it's it's important to ask those questions. But in the digital marketing space, you don't have time to ask the question about what does your wife think about this? You know, you don't have, there's no way to ask that question. So you have to impact people where they're at. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And speaking of impacting them where they are at or to whom they are as a character, as a personality, you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes it can be easy to do, I would say, broad strokes marketing. Yep. I know that I want to advertise in this metro area and I know that I want to spend X amount and I know that I want to market Y product, 
for Z amount of time for an upcoming promotion that we're doing. Right. It, that's, that's great. And in many ways that's, it, it's detailed, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not perfectly granular, but it's detailed, but to really, really squeeze out that extra performance, that's when you need to be doing, whether it's organic SEO on your website with multiple pages that are a and B testing, or whether it's through that pay-per-click ad, uh, where you're, delineating and creating a unique action an ad a unique ad mm -hmm. per say you have seven different target demographics and, and like granular demographics so it's it's that nerdy male father homeowner who loves technology <laughs> loves to geek out uh, and he's not only chief bottle washer but he's chief bottle rocket launcher um <laughs> that's that's going to be its own ad you know it's like uh, this roof heals 75 percent faster than the roof you're using now which doesn't heal i mean that's that's a terrible example right but that that's going to be its own ad set and its own a b testing website yes. that's deployed when it detects that's individuals there so it's it's really about being more granular even more granular than you have ever been in the past to to really get those results out. Because I'll tell you, if somebody sees your ad and it doesn't align with who they are or what they're seeking, they're not going to click on it. No. You know what I mean? They're, they're not. And even if, even if they somehow do click on it, they're going to run away faster uh, than you can say, Hey, tomatoes on your face. I mean, that doesn't even make <laughs> sense, but yeah, <laughs> I'm working on this. Yes. But you see what I mean? I it, do. It, it, aligning an ad or an AB test page to the individual that's doing the searching that's where the game is at. Absolutely. And so, I, you know, I guess within that, it's almost worth people doing an exercise. Like we'll take the shingle thing again. So if it's a sustainably sourced shingle or recycled to whatever degree, that's going to matter more in Boulder than it is in, uh, I don't know, Fort Collins. It's going to matter more. Um, there, so I knew this guy years ago, and I actually may have referred to this in a previous episode. We've done so many episodes because we're so prolific. I can't even keep track anymore. So, <laughs> so there's this guy I knew in college, and he, he was out of college, but his job was uh, somehow approving or I forget what it was, approving for or rating or de developing trailers for movies. Okay. And one of the things that he said, if I recall correctly, and this is a very, this is years ago. So one of the things that he would point at is he said, if you're marketing, mm, I don't know, Harry Potter, let's say. Okay. So if you're marketing that in the Northeast, okay kind of New York and North, you're going to play very much into the acting aspect, into the dramatics of the film. Okay. That's what you're going to play into here. And again, Harry Potter might be a bad example, but let's say it's mission impossible. You're going to play very much into the acting side of it. What did Tom Cruise do in this movie? How does it look? What is the, maybe the romantic storyline or whatever in the Midwest uh, well, then on the West Coast, it's going to play very much into who is the star. It's going to play into the people. Tom Cruise is Ethan. What's his name? name? Ethan Hawke. E no. Oh, no, that's an, that's an actor. That's an actor. <laughs> He's Ethan also in the film. Something. Ethan something. Him. 
the Mish, Ethan Impossible. That's what it is. He's <laughs> <laughs> related to kids Kim Possible's dad. So <laughs> I'm such a dork. So they're gonna play into the the drama of the, it's Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Google. <laughs> I don't use a Google. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's gonna okay. So thank you, Bing. <laughs> no, no, that's worse. Okay. He's gonna play into. They're gonna play into the the actor. So sure, there's going to be an aspect of the drama because the actor is actually putting on those emotions. In the Midwest and in the South, it's just going to be blowing shit up. Okay. <laughs> like that's just what the... And so when you go see a preview, a preview in those different places is going to be very different dependent upon the demographics of the people where it's being shown. That's just what it is. And I think that we we at large as, as marketers or what have you... We tend to think, or salespeople, quite frankly, we tend to think of, oh, this is going to be appealing everywhere, but it's not. Like, I've even gone into meetings where, now granted, I tend to wear a collared shirt in every single meeting that I have, right, in a professional level. Um, But I know that if I were, years ago, um, I would go up and visit a buddy of mine who's up in Summit County. So this is like Vail area or Breckenridge. If you walked into a meeting up there, in like a suit, you would be thrown out on your ear. It just doesn't fit. You have to wear your nice jeans, but you're still wearing jeans, you know, with the crease down the front, dad style. So like you still, but you're you're catering the messaging of, of your clothing, for instance, of what you're doing. Uh, and I think that's so important to consider all aspects of that. So what's your, what's your demo? And if you could figure that out, figure it out. Like, if you know that you're going to sell roofs into as, as a roofer into a neighborhood where the average income is uh, $750,000 a year, that's a lot different than if you're going to sell a roof into a place where it's $200,000 a year, right? Um, so consider your audience, consider your demo, consider the geography. What are the things that move the needle for the person that you're selling to? And I'll come back to it because I feel like we go in there and me, the dad that wants the really cool impact resistant shingle. Oh, I want to throw some, not just a bottle rocket, like M80. <laughs> 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 like I, I, I'm that guy that wants to see that, but uh, I know that I have to consider that I'm not who's buying it. I may be the person selling it. So you almost have to be agnostic to your own opinion until such time as you've asked enough questions and if I know that I'm talking to Jordan and I go, hey, Mr. McDonald, this is the way this is going to be. It's going to be awesome. And you go, can you can you set off a bottle? Can you light a bottle rocket on that? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Pardon me. Pardon earmuffs, kids. <laughs> and you, you're like, yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, dude, what's your favorite firecracker? And now you can have a conversation, right? Now you've, you've discovered by asking questions in a conversational manner. By the way, this is another point that I'll come to in a second is the Socratic method. If you do that in a conversational manager, manner, you're going to find out what motivates that person. And the Socratic method being having a conversation where, again, many of us like to come in and feature dump, which is fine, <laughs> I guess. But people really want to know what your thing, your product is about. They don't just want to hear the features. It's a shingle, bro. Does it keep the rain out? Good. We're good. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's great. There's a lot to unpack there on the roof um, and what we could do with it. Picking on roofers. You bring up a good point, right? It 
being agnostic to your own biases, mm. that's that's where having multiple people, which inevitably bring multiple perspectives, Great comes point. in to, to play, right? And it plays a huge role. Uh, yes, I'm not saying one individual can't sit down, marketer or not, individual owner of a company that has marketing uh, expertise or or limited ex- expertise in that realm or not, right? It, you can you can cobble together by asking yourself and your team the right questions and say, hey, right, like this is the product. I get excited as the, the CEO. I get excited about X, Y, and Z features because, wow, I mean, this is just so innovative. We know we have a new factory that opened up that had to develop an entirely new process just to build this thing. Like, this is great. But, right, that yeah. may or may not be the majority of the people that are prospective buyers, right? And by funneling in and merging ideas from other people about, hey, well, you know, yeah, that's a cool feature, but really we should be focusing on, you know, let's say Brandon's in this meeting and Brandon's like, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, technologically, yeah, super advanced, but I want to focus on it from the perspective of problem solving, Yes, right? I have some, you know, uh, let's say I own a house right now and yeah, these, these shingles are great. I mean, they look great. Uh, they charge my, my lucid car, right? These are all wonderful things, but uh, but they've started they've started leaking or you know they're they're coming apart they're delaminating at the component where they're also a solar panel and a shingle I'm over it you know I'm looking for something that's that's going to solve this problem it's not going to delaminate I don't care that it's not providing solar power anymore but if my lucid explodes and the battery lands on the roof uh, right is it going to prevent it from lithium melting the rest of my house i know this is a rather extreme example that i I found myself into right now but dear lord it's it's about perspective right so there's the technological buyer there's the there's the problem solving you know maybe it's it's in your hypothetical example of the 78 percent nuclear family maybe it's that safety conscious uh, mother and she's focusing primarily on on that like okay uh, uh, how, how protective how protective is this, right? Yeah, sure. It's going to keep out the UV rays, uh, and my yes. children are transparent, so that's that's pivotal <laughs> that, that they don't get melted. But uh, yeah, a lot of different buyers. You need more perspectives. Yeah, and then figuring out what their objectives are, right? Because again, that's part of the uh, their objectives are going to differ based on their role. Whether it's a user economic buyer. See, I have notes on this user, economic buyer, beneficiary, or technical buyer, right? So understanding where people's roles fall into that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you determine, well, what are their objectives are? Of course, you can ask what their objectives are. Then what are their initiatives? The initiatives being the steps or tools or, or projects, methods you're going to put in place to achieve an objective. Um, most of the time, it's very simple. In, in an SMB like this, it's very simple. But when people, the more a buying process gets and quite frankly a sales process gets complex because there are multiple factors in that like you're saying you got transparent children and you got to fend off reporters all the time so you're gonna because <laughs> they're always trying to get them on the, the news um really understanding what those things are who they are how you can speak to them it's going to be determinant of how that conversation takes place i just i i, I would be curious jordan have you in so Jordan runs ads for Mondo. That I mean, amongst other things, but many, many other things. But have you ever been working with a client in the past where they kind of ignored your 
plea for for kind of uh, neutrality, or if not neutrality, how am I putting this? Have you has somebody ever ignored you? Go, hey, I really think that you're coming at this from the wrong perspective. Have they either listened to? What are some wins and some losses there that you've had? Absolutely, of course, without name dropping or anything like that. Uh, I would say. Yes, there have been clients, uh, at least one in particular, where they've come in, you know, they there's a strategy, the strategy for pay-per-click ads, the, the strategy for advertising is working. There are demonstrable uh, increases month over month, uh, quarter over quarter uh, towards achieving the goal, which is always to increase conversions, get more sales, drive more people to the door, increase awareness, all of these things. Of course, depending on the company, each of those things I just mentioned may be prioritized over mm -hmm. the other, You know, especially if it's a, a new company that's trying to get their name out there or their new app out there and brand awareness is key and conversions is kind of secondary or even tertiary. Of course, it's always number one at some level, yeah. uh, but yes, absolutely. I've had clients where Things are working, things are going great, but they want to dramatically shift their strategy. Uh, and and of course, at the end of the day, this is their choice. Uh, yes. It's their choice. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong in any particular situation, but in the advertising space, um, when you've built up momentum, you know, an object in motion is likely to stay in motion. Mm -hmm. right? When you've built this, this, you know, this snowball and it's going down the hill and it's gaining speed and you want to, uh, you know, cast a thousand suns on it and just melt it and yeah. reform it elsewhere on another mountain, you know, three countries away. Right? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Uh, I think so often that's where uh, somebody in my shoes has to provide the perspective of, okay, yes, we can do this. We can shuffle around your ad dollars. This is your choice. All I can do is provide guidance and say, hey, this is a terrible idea. Because if you, if all of a sudden, you know, 30 days later, you're like, oh, well, this isn't working, I, you know, as yeah. a client, this isn't working, which has happened. And you're like, eh, let's just go back. There is no command Z. There's no control Z. There's no undo. Uh, you have to, you know, if you have a campaign running for, for months or, or years and you're, you decide, no, nah, let's just, let's just stop it. Go on an entirely different trajectory. Oh, wait, that didn't work. Let's go back. As soon as you've lost that momentum, regaining those clients is hard. It's kind of like in podcasting or, uh, in YouTube videos or social media, any, any kind of posting centric model, mm -hmm. Uh, as soon as, you know, if you've been releasing content on a specific cadence, whatever that cadence is, it could be once a month, it could be once a week, it could be once every day. As soon as you kind of break away from that cadence, your audience kind of melts away. They, they, yeah. They're for whatever reason, for multiple reasons, right? They're no longer show up in your feed. They're no longer as prioritized by all the algorithms on all of those networks uh, and you kind of you you suffer for it you suffer for it just by you know missing that one that one post uh but it's a cadence you set and it's not directly analogous to pay-per-click advertising uh but it it's not too dissimilar either right if you if if you take away and you just try to resume what you were doing before it can be difficult to regain that momentum well because there's a there's a cognitive bias and almost, um, what's the word? Uh, oh gosh. 
why can't I think of it? Confirmation bias. And then the problem is like in the YouTube space, this happens a lot, is that people start chasing the algorithm. So you, instead of sticking to what you know works, you go and you're like, well, I, it, it's, it's a poker thing too, right? It's like, well, I'm chip committed, which is a fallacy, right? Or the sunk cost fallacy. It's the same thing. Uh, you keep going down that road because it worked one time. And you're like, okay, well, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. So I just find it very interesting that people, I don't want to say lack. And so I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm, I, it's kind of a plead for me, a plea rather to pay attention, pay closer attention to who you're talking to, who you're marketing to. What are their motivations? What is their buying role? If it's a family, what is their buying role within the house? And then use tools, right? So we've talked a lot about geo. Use tools like that are publicly available, like Google Trends. Go to Google Trends, and then you can look for, I don't know, bottle rocket proof shingles, whatever. And then, which you're probably not going to find. Zero results. <laughs> Zero results. But to you, that in and of itself, you may have to be clever with your keywords, but, but look for things and then look at over the course of five years, not just one year because one year doesn't show any patterns. And then go and look at the geo. If you scroll down the page on trends.google.com for any search, it will show you a geographical breakdown and you click on your state, for instance, and then it'll show you the breakdown of your state based on efficacy of a particular keyword in your state. And then you could click on a, a county or whatever, right? A, like a subset of the state. These sorts of things are very useful information. And while they are high level, they at least give you food for thought to be able to go, oh yeah, hey, look at this. And don't, don't be afraid to ask questions either. I don't want to bother anybody. Screw that. Bother them. Bother them. Learn. People, it's weird, man. People love to teach. I was talking with somebody about this today. It's if you call somebody up and you're like, hey, Jordan, Brandon, uh, listen, let's talk about how we can sell you some marketing. <laughs> okay, well, that's never going to do anything. But if you go, Jordan, hey, listen, I was taking a look at this ad you put on Facebook. Or, Is that seeing any results? What, what kind of algorithm did you guys apply to that to make it convert so highly? Whatever, you know, Jordan because of our human uh, kind of innate desire to show how much we know is probably going to go, oh, well, let me tell you, we did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then what it allows you to do is to find as a salesperson, well, where's the pain? Where's the pain point? Where are they? They're seeing results, but where are they still falling short? Well, we saw these results and they were really good, but we haven't been able to duplicate it. Why not? And then you find what that pain is. You stick your finger in it and you poke at it. <laughs> and you make it hurt more, and then you can turn around and sell to that person. So that's why I think things like contextual retargeting uh, in Facebook, for instance, which it's like, hey, we Facebook knows you are on, I don't know, North Boulder Homeowners Association Facebook page, and you're talking with some other, hey, do you guys get a lot of hail? How's your roof? Did that hold up? Uh, oh, you know, we saw some paint chipping. Ding. We saw this this shingle right here. You know, we didn't have a leak yet, but it looks ding. All these things are going to ping those ads. And so you can really target who you're talking to, why you're talking to them, all of those things. I, I guess, yeah. Anyway, my, I guess my, my kind of like overarching thing is change your perspective. I mean, change it 
and go, uh, all of us, whether you're sales, whether you're the business owner, whether you're a marketer, be willing. Actually, that's a better way to put it. Be willing to have your perspective changed. Be open because we tend to be rigid. That's the confirmation bias. You know, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. You bring up a lot of great ideas. One thing that really uh, I wanted to touch on based on something you said earlier in your mm -hmm. diatribe. <laughs> monologue, monologue, monologue. <laughs> uh, was that it's it, it, I think you were posing the sales to like PPC specialist, pay-per-click specialist analogy, like ha mm -hmm. asking those questions. But I'm going to take that, spin it around and look at the two-way conversation well looking look at the two-way relationship between you know somebody that's the ad specialist and the clients like yeah. the person who's paying for those ads and it's kind of like it's kind of like playing catch or tossing the ball in the backyard right if if i'm it if it's just me as the ad specialist throwing the ball and and you're you're not there or you're looking away and the ball hits you in the head but you don't care. You still don't. You still don't turn around. If it if if it's just a one way street where you're not picking up the ball, catching it, throwing yes. it back, and saying, "Hey, um, is this working? Why is this working? Why is that not working? Why are we doing this? Why aren't we doing this?" Uh, if I'll say this, it's very it's rare. It's actually um, in my experience, it's pretty rare to have clients who are spending ad dollars actually be interested not necessarily in the highly technical aspects of it um but just kind of be interested at mm. all but i will say this when they when they are when i have clients that are interested it's it's a win-win it's it's my ideal situation i want to be asked those questions why are you doing this why did you decide and it's not it's not hubris it's not maybe it's part of hubris say yeah, yeah, maybe mm. you're right but it, it's less about it's less about ego and more about working together yes. to improve the entire situation, like to make your money go farther and to reach the eyes of people who want your product and want to spend money on it. Right. It's, it's, it's not selfish and it's also not selfless. It's like, it's like, it's, it's just win-win. It's just, it's just a good way to approach it. So when I have people that are interested in the process, ask those hard questions, um, force me to, to answer those hard questions, which or easy questions, which I, do never shy away from i never right. shy away from that everybody wins you know and sometimes right sometimes people are going to ask a question i've never been asked before that's just the nature of how it goes it's like wow you know i i've looked at this for quite a time here but that's a new perspective that you've brought to this and maybe mm -hmm. that's not necessarily because i didn't understand the mechanics of how pay-per-click advertising works on a given platform but it could be that this client is in an industry that's that's different from any industry that we've touched before and yep. there are nuances and seasonality and you know very unique demographics and situations that we've just never encountered before i've never even thought of uh but how would i know how would the ad specialist know without that feedback loop yes and so don't be afraid to ask questions everybody out there don't don't be afraid to seek information that you don't know and a new situation is always another chance to learn that's all it is failure is exactly where you learn and not understanding something is i guess in the realm of a type of failure potentially so i, I will i just want to say this yeah please if <laughs> uh you know yes we're part of mondo you know this is the marketing uh mondo solution podcast right it, but if you're not using us right if you're using some other 
other company and i'm i'm not using anyone as specific right but if you encounter a situation with anybody where they're not you're paying them for a service and they're not willing to help explain their methodology or reasoning justification behind why they're using taking your money and doing x and y with it i think that's kind of a red flag yeah uh yeah you should and they should be able to answer the question and to should be able to look I guess more deeply within what they're doing because again it's an opportunity to learn and and i would also say that in many many mm, competitive instances marketing being one of them if you were working with a different marketing agency you came to mondo and said hey i have this question about this am i getting what i paid for now mondo's not probably going to tell you how to go and what to tell your current provider to succeed but they're certainly going to be able to go oh yeah no this this is fine i mean you you could probably do a little things a little bit different get a little bit more roi or whatever it is people are willing to have those conversations but sometimes they're not sometimes they're afraid you know i don't get it they they just yeah they don't want to be challenged they don't want to be challenged you know recently there was I don't. I won't go down too far down this road, but I'll say this: there, there are people that, when they're challenged, they act like a a caged animal, and that's fine, or a cornered animal. I get it. Like I guess we all have that sense in us, but they they act like a caged animal by just kind of lashing out rather than going, "Hey, you know what? Here's what we can do here, and here's what we're going to change, and here's what we're going to fix." And then you retain those clients instead of losing them. So, um. Anywho, Jordan, great convo, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> off the wall. Off, off the, the cuff. Wall. Off the cuff. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. And my cuffs not are off up. target. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch out. It's summertime. My summer, cuffs are corduroy. Summer, summertime. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. I love Will Smith. <laughs> Getting DJ Jazzy Jeff? Yes. my One of my first CDs ever. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. <laughs> And then he smacked for shock. <laughs> um, all right, guys, listen again. Thank you for joining. If you are a longtime listener, why haven't you written in yet? How <laughs> dare you, Steve? Listen, Steve, Steve, I'm talking to you, Steve, Allison. Why haven't, <laughs> why haven't we gotten your emails yet, guys? What's going on? Jeez Louise. Anyway, please write us. Tell us how much we you love us or hate us. I mean, that's okay. You know what? You can tell us how much you hate us, and we will try to fix that by deleting your email. <laughs> yes. Or we'll force us to improve. That's right. right. That's More right. tangents. If you do write us, if you do write us why you hate us, tell us why. Love to hear it. Please. Um, but yeah, this has been episode 22. Please like, favor, share, subscribe, favorite, favor, favorite, favorite, share, do us a favor and favorite favor. <laughs> and share, subscribe. If you're on a podcast catcher, a pod catcher, how about that? Um, please catch this in your pod catcher. This is I'm so full of <laughs> jargon right now. It's amazing. Um, so that you can hear all of the new episodes as they come out on YouTube. Again, do the same. Please subscribe. Click the notification bell. All that. Mr. Jordan, oh, thank you so much, sir. A pleasure as usual. Yes, it has been a pleasure as usual. You guys get out there and have fun. Go market. If you don't know how to market, maybe send an email to podcast at trimondo.com. We can help you out. Once again, episode 22 of the Mondo Solutions. I'm Brandon. That's Jordan. We'll talk to you next time. Boys! Peace.